Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, a certified lymphedema therapist and the voice behind Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease, lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each month, I will discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better your journey ahead. Between shows, you can catch me on IGTV or Instagram TV, as well as monthly live Q&A sessions. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast just for you. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to episode 73 of Lymphedema Podcast. Today, I am excited to talk about home health lymphedema therapy. With me today, I have Marina Lackmanchuk. She is a PT-CLT in the Dallas, Texas area, and we are going to talk about how to be a really great home health lymphedema therapist. And what that's going to include is what needs to be in your toolbox. How can you become a home health CLT if you've had any interest in working at home health because there's a lot of flexibility to that but also what are some of the challenges that they face and how can we be better prepared for that going into home health treatment. So Marina, welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? I'm good. So thanks for being with me today. I am really excited to break down some of these concerns is kind of the way I'm going to put it about home health therapy because a lot of times lymphedema therapy is done outpatient but a lot of people are excluded or unable to get that therapy because they're not mobile Um, they are kind of homebound Um, and I just I'm really excited to be able to break this down because I get a lot of questions about it and I know that this is a passion of yours before we jump into that can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into home health lymphedema therapy? So I started doing home health just as supplementing my income, and it started about 10 years ago, and I came in from at it from an actually a wound care perspective because I loved wound care, and I was doing wound care at Big Baylor, and I just noticed that all of my patients were having – they were getting so much better when I was doing compressive therapies in their wounds. And so – people started talking about this buzzword and back 10 years ago was just like lymphedema. I have lymphedema and they didn't really have any way to get help. And these patients had a lot of difficulty, didn't have transportation, didn't have the ability to get to an outpatient. And there wasn't a lot of resources back then. So I went and I looked in and obviously I got certified and started doing home health and lymphedema. And it was kind of this unheard of thing is to be able to do wound care and lymphedema together. And so that's kind of how I ended up being in the home health perspective with a wound care uh, and lymphedema specialty. That's pretty cool. I um, I know Frank Avales. He is a PT in Natchitoches, Louisiana. He taught the wound care section of the advanced lymphedema management course through the academy of lymphatic studies 
anyways, that's a lot of words to say. He's also a wound care <laughs> specialist who is a lymphedema therapist, and he's one of the first people that I've ever met that put those two together and had really good results. Because, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like people are kind of afraid to apply compression to wounds, but really applying that gradient compression and changing it frequently, it really helps to heal that wound. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you give a wound compression, I mean, they came out with a dermatology uh, journal that said that compressing a wound will be two-thirds more likely to actually heal that wound. So, you know, a lot of nurses in home health, mostly your nurses are doing your wound care. And so, and they don't have that knowledge like we do from a lymphedema perspective. So, most of our lymphedema therapists, whether they have lymphuria or whether they have venous insufficiency, I mean, those things kind of come hand in hand sometimes with lymphedema, especially here in, in South, in the Texas area and anywhere in the South of the United States. And so it's really common to see wounds with lymphedema. So, you know, you need to be able to have the experience of both. So you just mentioned lymphuria, and I'm going to actually, like, throw you some vocabulary words or even just like some scenarios later um but lymphoria is going to be one that we talk about um so i'm glad you've already brought that up because clearly that's an important aspect and something that is happening and that a lot of people won't know about i do want to go ahead and touch on who can be a home health clt so i will also say that nurses doctors chiropractors athletic trainers People who aren't, I mean, nurses are in the um, home health world, but you won't find an athletic trainer or chiropractor usually doing home health. But um, there are many different disciplines that can be certified as a lymphedema therapist. Who do you guys hire there with ultratherapy to do home health physical therapy for lymphedema? So we hire PTs, OTs, PTAs, and CODAs. Um, all four of those disciplines can go get certified to be a CLT to treat in home health or outpatient. Great. So I'm a PTA. That sounds really interesting to me. Um, I know that I have a friend who's a PT, and she's actually just recently become a CLT when she was working in acute care. But now that she has switched to home health, she's like, people are calling me all the time asking me questions about um, a consult here or picking up a patient here. Um, what does a caseload look like for a lymphedema home health therapist? I mean, so your regular caseload is just like you are. It depends on your experience. Obviously, a treatment session lasts about 45 minutes to an hour, and so you're really looking at about 25 to 30 visits a week. And believe me, in a home health perspective, from a lymphedema, if you're a lymphedema therapist, that's pretty easy to get. There's a lot of need out there. That seems like a lot. And are they seeing, what's the frequency? Every day, so normally three seen, times a week. So, you know, I always get these big questions like, oh, I had outpatient, and now I'm going to go to home health, and it's a completely different world in home health. So I always like to educate my patients starting on my evaluations of it's very, very different. Sometimes in outpatient, you guys will see the patient's 
sometimes three to four to five times a week if they're really in that acute stage. In a home health perspective, you may get to be seen twice a week, sometimes three times a week if you have a wound. And I normally tell my therapist that they need to see the patient like Monday, Thursday, or Tuesday, Friday, or Wednesday, Saturday. So that way they get three days in between in order for the compression to be on there long enough to work, but not long enough to fall off. Okay. And how about family training, talking about bandages and wraps coming off? Do you guys do family training also just to kind of help if they need to patch it in? Absolutely. So, you know, you're always running into the, you know, perspective of as even in a great CLT, um, if they're doing exactly what they need to, the bandages get loose because as you compress the leg, the leg gets smaller and the bandage that you initially put on doesn't hold up. So sometimes right. it's really about just untaping and retaping that top part, which we always want to have family participation. I always like the family to start training them immediately on the CDT exercises, training them on self MLD. I always get involved of how tricks and tra- tips that they can look at when they're looking at the limb that we're addressing to see how I can help them either over the phone, if not, then we have the therapist come back. So it's not uncommon or occasionally we have where the therapist needs to come back and just readjust um, the wraps. Do you ever find that patients have difficulty processing why their wraps come loose so quick? Oh, yeah. No. It's a good thing that your wrap is coming loose, you're decongesting, but they're like, well, I have to change it twice a day or every 10 minutes it seems like I'm adjusting or needing to pull it up. Do you, how do you go about that? Cause they're in, they're in a home health setting and they're not able to come back to the clinic, you know, the next day or something. Right. So normally we do, you know, I always encourage my patient communication, communication, communication. And with the therapist, I tell the patient, give me a call. Let me know what's happening so that I don't come to the house and it's been unwrapped for a couple days and that we don't know what's happening. If we need to come back, we will always come back. We'll be able to give you tips on staying in the home, but at least getting some kind of compression before we're able to come back, you know, if it unwraps like the night before. But with my therapist, you know, it's that fine line of understanding. And as a CLT myself, it's a fine line of understanding. Like initially when we wrap them, they always tell us, oh, my gosh, it's too tight. It's too tight. And we go through the education of doing the CDT exercises if you feel like it's about to go numb. And then if the CDT exercises cause the foot to just go back to normal or the limb itself, um, then that's a solid wrap. But getting it just a little bit on the tighter side so that way when it does get looser, because it will with a you know skilled CLT therapist, then you're getting that fine line where it doesn't fall off, but it gives the compression that it needs to to do it to decrease the circumferential measurements on the limb. Yeah, perfect. So that bandaging is part of CDT. What other elements of complete decongestive therapy are home health therapists able to do there in home? So, are you limited? I mean, we are not limited in the sense that um, as far as what we do in the house, sometimes we're limited on the accessibility of the supplies. Um, initially, obviously, upon evaluation, we can't just walk into a magic cupboard in our car and have 
supplies ready to go to wrap, so that's different. But as far as in a home health perspective, we're still giving um, all the CDT. Um, we're still doing MLD, which is that manual lymph drainage. Um, sometimes with our patients, that mobility is a thing. You know, we're not, we can't do it from laying down in bed. Sometimes, you know, it's just in a recliner, but we are able to perform. Um, the MLD. We still do all the education. We get you the pumps. We get you the garments. So everything is being able that you would be able to get in an outpatient services with a CD, excuse me, a CLT. You are also going to get a home health perspective. And what are your two biggest struggles with home health oh. with chemotherapy? I think my two biggest struggles are, A, getting the patient set up on home health and understanding how home health works, and B, I think getting the struggles is uh, making sure the supplies are getting there correctly and timely. Um, and, you know, some of that is, you know, education with the home health and understanding that what supplies goes into it, um, as well as, you know, sometimes we're bound by uh, the wound care manufacturers or, you know, the distributions are on back orders. And so if we're on back order on one of like our essential things like Artiflex, we kind of get stuck where we can't perform our, our treatment. So do you um, have any tips to avoid that or be prepared for some of those supply issues? Absolutely. So, I mean, some of it is, I like to order it and have my personal stash, so that way, worst case scenario, I can just pull one out of my bag, and then when theirs gets delivered, I replenish my own personal um, goodie bag. So that's a good way to do it. Um, and then what we always do is, as a if you're working with a home health agency or you're working with a staffing agency, making sure that that home health agency or that staffing agency is truly educated on what goes into home health, what we do, you know, a lot of it is just about education because home health, I feel like, has exploded in the past, like, two, three years. And so everybody understands the buzzword, and they're all about, like, yeah, let's take a lymphedema patient. But it's just more energy, more time, and understanding what it takes with the lymphedema therapist. So describing the supplies and why you need them and all of that really can probably help the office um, understand the essentials on the timeliness of ordering um, and as far as what they're ordering. Because occasionally we'll get, we'll order a short stretch bandage, but we'll get an ACE wrap. <laughs> and we know that those are yeah. very, very different tools that one can't be used for lymphedema and the other can. Right. Well, tip here for ACE wrap have you ever used an ACE wrap threaded? between your short stretch bandages to help hold um, on a larger leg? I haven't had it. I've not done it in between, but I have done it like over the top to help the bandages from coming loose. So occasionally on top of taping, because I'm, I'm very sensitive. I don't like to tape all the way around because sometimes it can really create a tourniquetic effect. Mm -hmm. um, but I will find myself doing an ACE bandage over the top of all of my wrapping to kind of help it all hold in place. So one of my mentors, she had taught me that on, a, and, and these are mostly just larger lower extremities because so many joints moving the ankle, the knee and the hip, that it tends Absolutely. to 
decongest a little bit quicker, but also it just kind of loosens at the at the joints. So say she does like a six and an eight or maybe two sixes and an eight um, from ankle to below the knee, then she'll take a ace and put it over that. And then, you know, you go over next with like the 10 and then you're up to the five, maybe you've got a 10 and a 12 and somewhere between there, she'll put one more ace. Um, that kind of goes from below the knee to above the knee. So it kind of reinforces the knee, but it's nothing ever tight. So you don't pull like you would with a short stretch. And I've used this in outpatient for patients who couldn't come um, daily or even twice a week. We would have to um, really do some patient and family education on that. But that was super helpful. And her other tip, and I I think I've shared with you this, like another conversation, that you can take a, a sweat band. It's a neoprene abdominal workout Velcro binder. And that's yeah. a really good outer cover to protect the garments, the bandages, but also the family can readjust that. Um, you do one on the lower leg and you do one on the upper leg. So you kind of leave the knee exposed, like the knee line. Mm-hmm. But that right. has really worked well too in some of my patients with larger legs. Um, now I know that lower extremity is not the only case, but I do know that we seem to kind of focus on that quite a bit more. Um, I think we just see gonna, that more in home health. So sorry. No, you're fine. Well, and I think I was about to say it kind of goes along. I see, and I know that you're going to, you know, have a similar experience that a larger abdomen correlates usually with lower extremity lymphedema. And that can be because that abdomen is, you know, hanging down into the lap and compressing those inguinal lymph nodes and that drainage area. So it backs up into the legs. Do you ever find truncal or abdominal lymphedema that you have difficulty with in home health that, you know, they, they're immobile, they're overweight, they have the abdominal um, compression. How do you kind of help lower extremity compression and abdominal compression in home health. How do you combine those? So we, you know, and it's, it's something that my patients have complained to me about is, you know, they'll actually get upset because we'll wrap them and they'll be like, Oh, you just push this fluid into my abdomen and we have to educate them that that's a good thing. That means that the wraps are doing what they need to do, but then we have the issue of the abdomen. So it really depends on the mobility of the patient. You know, we really want to do MLD to the abdomen with the diaphragmatic breathing. We Actually, there's ways to do taping um, and to move that fluid along where they're just kind of not compressed because I don't know. <laughs> you and I didn't grow up in the era when they had, uh, what are those called? It was just uh, the corsets. Yeah, corsets. Oh, yeah. I mean, having that feeling squeezing your internal organs is one thing that my patients always don't like um, when we try to actually do compression in the abdomen area. So there's other ways that we have found either taping does help or just the MLD itself and doing the CDT exercises for sure. Um, Secondly, we like to get um, our pump guy involved. And a lot of times, you know, we let – um, the pumps come in and there's a way for them to have not only leg, but it also covers the abdomen. Um, and those, I've tried them on, they're absolutely amazing. Um, and we find that to be really, really helpful for them, ones that are completely immobile. Do they have any difficulty getting into it? 
Or is there someone yeah. in the house to help them get in it? How does that work? So either um, there's someone in the house to get, you know, obviously to qualify, they have to be able to get into it. And so um, we really either rely on a family to help them get in it um, or B, as long as they have a lift chair and we are able to educate them and create extenders um, for them to put it on. And as long as the lift chair can kind of just push them upward to slide it up, usually works. Awesome. So kind of leading into my therapist, use uh, some examples to ask you some questions about so you can give some direct feedback to our lymphedema therapists who are going to be listening to this episode. So yeah. their wraps are falling off. How do they figure out why the wraps are coming loose so quickly? So there's two things of why that either wraps fall off or that the wraps are it depends um, kind of either the wraps may be loosening because the limb is responding really well. Um, the way that I like to make sure little tips and tricks, um, you can either change the way that you're taping. You just know for next time that you need to cinch it up just a little bit more. Um, I like to use a pantyhose or almost like a tubey grip on top of the wraps to make sure that they keep stay in place. Um, that's a really good tip that I like to use. Um, and then sometimes it's really about a lot of our patients, everybody's legs are different. Everybody's got different shaped legs. And so sometimes it's really about um, getting some compress, which is like a thick foam or just actually like a foam roll and making sure that that limb has a straight unisom um, log look effect to make sure that uh, wrap doesn't come undone. How about for upper extremity? Do you have any tips for upper extremity bandaging that might come loose? As far as the upper extremity, um, I, I would absolutely do the same thing. I would do a tubey grip um, I, on top of all of my wrapping or at least a stockinette, pantyhose. Um, and then the taping also just possibly using the foam again. It would just It's usually a case-by-case -case basis. Um, so really taking a look. Uh, is the patient responding super well? What's their mobility? What are they doing during their day to see if maybe they're doing something that causes it to unravel? Sometimes, you know, the patients just might be taking it off themselves too, you know. It's, it's not beginning. It's not always the most comfortable thing. So really figuring gotcha. out which one, which one you're doing. Lymphedema Podcast is supported by Bryland's Feet Foundation. Juzo and Medi USA. Learn more about each sponsor on our website, lymphedemapodcast.com, and listen to their episodes while you're there. The family, so they're taught a little bit of how to either rewrap or to adjust. When that bandage comes loose, what kind of education are you giving the family members on how to respond to a loose garment so that they don't just go, eh, let's just take the whole thing off? So a lot of times I like to order my patients or I tell my patients if they want to order it themselves is an extra tubey grip, like a box. Um, worst case scenario, if they do absolutely have to take it off, I always tell them to put on a two layer of tubey grip if I can't get there immediately. Um, but I like the tubey grip. It helps a keep the limb and it actually on so that the only thing the family members really need to do is cut a piece and put it on the limb. Um, 
and so that way it can keep it still. Um, but as far as self-wrapping, you know, what we see a lot of patients don't either have that family support on a daily basis or they don't have it until the evening time because folks are working. And so we try to tell the patient um, to kind of have just some tape next to them and, and try to lift it up and retape it tighter. Now, if it's something that's lower down, that's something that we say, yeah, let's get the TB grip involved. And how often do your patients have wounds? Um, I'm going to say in home health, when they come to us initially, like with evaluation, at, at evaluation, mm-hmm. probably about 50%. How do you approach that as a CLT? I know some CLTs, we have a little bit of wound care. And, you know, PTs, you may have had a clinical rotation. You may have some experience. And since I'm not the OT discipline, I don't really know their background in that. I'm sure that they have some wound training. Um, Mm -hmm. But this is a different kind of wound a little bit, you know. Like, it's not necessarily a pressure ulcer. Sometimes it is. But that's not – it's kind of always what I was used to learning, um, a pressure ulcer on the heel or on bony prominence, but these are kind of different. And how do you approach that, or how do you recommend um, to your staff handle wounds? So, you know, I tell them a lot of times, you keep doing what you're doing because compression is always going to help it way more than just doing the wound care itself. But, you know, I'm a real advocate on um, just getting those two kind of supplies. I either do, you know, with wound care, just a little secret and it's not really a secret if the wound is wet dry it if the wound is dry wet it and so there's two things that I really use one is an alginate which is a like a foamy thing and I kind of keep it in my bag where it can order it on Amazon and one is zero form which is just a petroleum jelly impregnated gauze and so those now are wound care, so you are going to have to get an order from your physician and call and say, hey, this patient has a wound. Can I use one or the other? But those are the two things that I use, and I always educate um, my therapist in, you know, having those two things and how to, how to know when the wound is, you know, within our scope of practice and um, how to refer out. But, you know, it's one of those things, too, is educating the patient when we see a wound and we try to, and their primary, if we're getting the referral from the primary, we usually will address the wound ourselves uh, for, you know, about two, three weeks. If we're not noticing that we're getting better, you know, it really is about educating the family members on, okay, so who's your wound care doctor? Do you have a vascular doctor? And asking the questions of getting other physicians involved, because sometimes primary is just not enough. And a lot of our lymphedema um, family you know, lymphuria or lymphedema that's not even um, being managed correctly, they always get either it's a lymphuria or blistering that happens that creates those wounds. So it's not uncommon that wounds is part of, you know, a lot of your life with lymphedema. So that's my next question is about how do you handle weepy wounds because lymphuria is just that constant wet, dripping, very thin skin, how do you handle that? And this one specifically says, I've been treating a patient for three months with weeping legs. How do you, how do you manage that? 
So, you know, you really got to look at your supplies and what you're using. Um, you know, just physiology of uh, lymphedema is if, you know, the fluid needs to go back upward um, to the lymph nodes. If it can't go upward, then its only space is to go outward from the interstitial fluid out into the outside skin. And sometimes that just comes in a weeping form, but sometimes that comes in a blistering form. So to me as a clinician, it tells me I need more compression. So you really have to look at, am I using a stockinette? Maybe I need to change it to a tubi grip. Am I using Artiflex? Maybe I need to move that into a foam roll. Am I using a 6-8-10? Maybe I need to change it to a 6-8-10-12. If I'm using a 6-8-10-12 um, short stretch Comprolin bandage or any kind of short stretch bandage, then maybe I need to use a 6 8 10 and 2 12s. It just probably needs more compression or a tubi grip on top. So I have a question for you, and yeah. this is an experience that I had, um, and I didn't, I can't say that I had this experience in person, but I was trying mm -hmm. to help a patient um, through text and phone calls. She was asking me questions, and she wasn't able to come into the clinic, and so she was doing some stuff at home. Um, her toenails, I don't know if she had like a fungal infection in her toenails, um, her toes did not swell at all. She had bilateral lower extremity lymphedema. Her toes never, ever, ever swelled, but her mm -hmm. feet did. So it wasn't lipedema necessarily. It was legit lymphedema, but her toes just right. never swelled. So um, during the summer, she had a big flare-up. Um, she had some breathing issues, was put on oxygen and put in the hospital. When she came back, her swelling was so bad that her toenails her big toes, her toenails started to come off um, and they kind of like pulled up and they had like a pus and they looked infected. Um, what would you do for something like that? Because her doctors and her home health nurses and stuff that were coming in, they kept saying it's just from all this fluid. And she had developed lymphorrhea that was draining down onto her feet. And they said that they thought that after a while that drainage from her lymphorrhea that was just, I mean, it was just pouring out of the fronts of her legs because um, she did end up with some of those blisters that you're talking about that just kind of right. weep. They yeah. said that that is what caused the infection in her toes, and then that stayed so wet that her toenails just started to peel back and lift off on her big toes. What would you say to that? So I have to ask a few more questions. I'd have to ask uh, two things. A, were you giving her compression? Were you doing the lymphedema treatment or was the CLT doing the lymphedema treatment? Yeah, she had someone doing lymphedema treatment, yes. Okay. So um, with that, personally, clinically, in my background, um, professionally, I would say there's a systemic infection. Mm -hmm. So lymphuria is one of those things. There's a few things that I would always ask my um, patients too, if they're getting a lot of lymphuria or you're just seeing a lot of fluid coming out of a wound and you're doing compression and you don't understand, it's normally not you. You want to ask the patient, are they on a Lasix program? Are they currently taking Lasix? Um, because that always helps support um, our wrapping system. If they're not taking Lasix, A, they need to get on some. If they are taking Lasix, how long have they been on the program and do and can they tolerate um, going up because sometimes the body just gets used to it, and that's not uncommon. But, um, you know, with our doctors here in North Texas, 
you know, the big thing is getting them into a wound care doctor and asking them for an actual swab because what they're going to be surprised is that there's sometimes if they have a systemic infection going inside the body, no matter how much we wrap, they're not only going to have the weeping, they're going to have that pussy, um, no matter what wound care supplies we use, they're constantly going to be draining and they're constantly going to be having that yellow infectious fluid. So always, 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 if you're dealing with a wound and you've been in there for 30 days or 60 days and the wound's not getting better and you're giving compression, you know, therapist will just be like, it's me. I just don't know, feel like I know what I'm doing. It's not. You guys are doing great and y'all are killing it, but you cannot fight a systemic infection. So always tell the patient, hey, you either need to go and get a swab and they need to test for MRSA, pseudomonas, all of these things. And the moment they get that cleared up, you're going to see that that patient's going to get much um, better, much faster, whether that be just an oral form of antibiotic or an IV antibiotic. Good. That's really good to know. How yeah. about hyperkeratosis? So that skin that is just thick, dry, scaly. And when, I mean, I've seen it in person and I've just thought, there's nothing I can do. But there is. What can we do? There is. Um, so there is like a urea lotion and it comes in different percentages and it's something that either you can get from your dermatologist or your primary doctor or your wound care doctor. And it's basically like a, a debridement. It's a, it's like a self-debriding kind of um, thing. And there's also something called Centil. You can spell it S-A-N-T-Y-L. And it's also an ointment that you put on the skin. And what it'll do is it'll eat that hard skin and allow fresh skin to come in. What about um, just cleansing? Would frequent washing help with that? Or you really need to get something in there that's kind of heavy lifting to do some more work? It depends on the stage that it's in. If it's just coming in, I mean, obviously, hygiene is very, very important. Um, you know, your skin is an organ, and you want to keep it clean and cleansed and whatnot. But um, when it's at that severe stage where you can really see that scaliness, sometimes it just takes something just a little bit extra, and you're just putting it on like you put on just regular lotion, and you're going to see a huge difference. You get bandage on top of that? And bandage on top of it. Yes, ma'am. Got it. All right, fungal infections. So either on the skin or on the nail bed, what do you do about fungal infections at home health? All infections you have to address. It's one of those things that you can't ignore it because it's going to keep a lot of, you know, your body works on a pH balance um, system. And so it's really important that we keep the limbs um, clean, free of infection, so that your body can really focus on getting rid of the fluid. But anytime that there's an infection in your body, your white blood cells are kind of just trying to help it clear out, which is just more fluid coming through on those extremities. So making sure that we don't ignore fungal infections or making sure that after, you know, four weeks of doing wound care and compression, if it's not getting better, there's an infection happening somewhere in the body. And sometimes the infection may not even be in the actual wound itself or in the actual limb, but it's somewhere else. And, you know, your lymphatic system is where all the waste and toxin goes. So it's really important that we address that um, infection. And one of my, it's not the last, but it's one of the last questions about um, some specific points is the limited mobility. 
um, I know that I had in clinic, in outpatient, a woman who told me she had slept in her wheelchair for the last five years, and she stayed in her wheelchair all the time. She wore some form of a diaper um, for bathroom reasons, and then whenever she was to get bathed, um, which was like maybe a week, once a week, she said, um, one of her family members would wheel her to the bathtub and she would throw her legs over the side. They would wash her feet and then give her a, a rag and she'd kind of wash down with a rag. But that had been going on for five years at that point. She had a whole lot of hyperkeratosis. She had a whole lot of swelling, um, especially from her knees down to her toes. And she had no mobility to be able to self-bandage or do anything um, for herself, really, she had upper extremity movement. She could cook and kind of wheel herself around the house. Um, sure. What would you do for a patient who has <clears throat> extremely limited mobility and is, you know, bed bound or even chair bound? Sure. You know, so a lot of our patients, um, and not a lot of our patients, but um, a good bit of our patients, the reason that they're homebound is because they have mobility issues. It's hard for them. Um, to get around and move. And so those patients, we would really only wrap to the knee because when we wrap over the leg, sometimes it's just a lot of weight and they have difficulty with the weight to begin with. Um, you know, we always want to do the best that we can for the patient in making sure that we set them up with a garment um, and setting them up with uh, a pump that will help them because they don't have that mobility and they can't do their CDT exercises. Um, but, you know, making sure that they are as active in their plan as they can be, um, you know, there's only so much as far as uh, a lymphedema therapist that we can do, but we want to be able to keep them compressed at all times, whether that be with a wrap or whether that just be with two layers of 2B grip just to give them that compression piece um, to constantly have that. But, you know, starting out small and being able to work on that tolerance is also something that, you know, is really beneficial in home health. If we have to start out with one 2B grip and two 2B grips before we wrap, um, because a lot of it is if they don't have that feeling um, in the lower extremities, you know, that's contraindicative of what we can do. And so it's always a case-by-case -case basis that we have to assess whether the patient is um, appropriate for lymphedema home health or not. This is perfect to line up with my next question. I'm actually pulling this off of the Lymphedema Therapist, Helping Lymphedema Therapist Facebook page. And the question that was posed um, is from someone named Sarah Elizabeth. She says, I work in home health and I'm trying to come up with a quick reference with some bullet points about when nursing should consult a lymphedema specialist. Do you have any ideas what this could include? If they are noticing I feel when I see, I can tell when my nurses are in there versus when my therapists are in there. If you, um, if the nurse is uh, doing the compression, and I would educate a the nursing on measuring where the wound is. If the circumference doesn't go down after doing wound care for four weeks, you're going to need that compression for the wound healing. So if they're noticing that the limb is, I would give them notes about the lymphedema versus lipedema education for sure. Um, circumferential, if it's not enough compression, if they're doing wound care for four weeks, 
um, I would have them consult a lymphedema therapist that can really give that compressive um, treatment that nursing may not have that training for. Mm-hmm. Um, if that therapist is comfortable with uh, doing wound care and how to be able to recognize a patient, you know, with lymphedema versus lipedema and letting them know both of those uh, diagnoses um, lymphedema can help with, including wound care. Um, I would say discussing lymphuria when the legs are weeping, um, when they have looking at the patient's diagnosis as a whole. Does the patient have CHF? Um, does the patient have um, hypertension? Does the patient have any kind of kidney issues that you would see the limbs or the arms if one limb is bigger than the other limb um, in a circumferential measurement? I would have them consult a lymphedema therapist. Perfect. Did I answer that? I, yeah. I think, <clears throat> I mean, I think that that answers her question directly, and I think that that gives a little bit more insight on some specifics that nursing could be looking into because at some point they might feel like they're spinning their wheels too, and they're, they're going, something is missing. What What is not clicking here? Something else needs to be done. And that compression is the element that's needed for managing right. it. So I think you hit the nail Absolutely. on the head. Right. So something that we failed to mention at the very beginning, Marina, is that you work for, with Ultra Therapy Solutions. And we didn't even talk about what that is. Yes. So um, Ultra Therapy Solutions started out as a staffing agency for PTs, PTAs, OTs, and uh, OTAs. And then we quickly moved into the spectrum of lymphedema therapist in a home health perspective. Are you based in Dallas? Okay. Um, So we are actually based in all of North Texas. So we have therapists that go to Denison Sherman, down to Waco, out to Longview, and Abilene, and everything in between. Cool. I um, have a lot of people that I know in that area, not necessarily all therapists, um, but I'm from actually the Abilene area, and so I am familiar with that whole whole area, and I lived in Denton, so that's North Texas, so I'm actually familiar with all of that. Um, hopefully, any CLTs who have listened to this episode today, they have a better understanding of what home health looks like if they're interested in that setting. Maybe even if they are already a home health therapist, they have a better idea of what to have in their toolbox and how to better prepare themselves and their patients. Do you have any parting wisdom or any suggestions and tips that you want to leave with them before we close out today? Um, You know, I always say that you guys that are doing CLT home health, you know, it's a very autonomous um it's a very autonomous workspace, and so making sure that you get really involved with educating your home health, educating whether it's the primary physicians, communicating with your wound care doctors or vascular doctors that are sending the referrals, um, and really getting that education out there for other um, clinicians to really learn about lymphedema, because I feel like there's been a lot of patients are going misdiagnosed and having to deal with lymphedema every day in their lives um, without getting the proper treatment. So as the responsibility of a lymphedema therapist is just getting that information out there so more people can get the treatment. 
Mother Teresa says, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more from Marina and Ultra Therapy Solutions about home health lymphedema therapy. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.